Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hardship. I'm Jemenika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we'll be talking with survivors with different backgrounds, identities, and life experiences. We'll talk about how different the experience of assault, support, and healing is for every one of us. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, I just wanna give you a little heads up. We may be talking about some really hard things, so I want you to take heed and take care of yourself if that means stepping away from an episode, if that means taking notes and looking back at things later, please do whatever you need to do for yourself. A special thank you to our sponsor, Unbound, a woman-owned sexual wellness shop. I went through their products and tried to find one special thing for each episode, which is really hard. (sighs) Today on the show, we'll be talking to Izzy about being a great partner and an ally to a survivor. For Izzy's episode, I'm recommending the one finger massage ring because I like the idea of working on pressures and finding what partners like. This massage ring provides targeted pressure through its decorative spheres. It's sexy and cute. So if you'd like to try this one finger massage ring or any of their fabulous sexual wellness items, head over to unboundbabes.com. Use the promo code TRAUMAQUEEN for 15% off any orders over $35. That code again is TRAUMAQUEEN. T-R-A-U-M-A-Q-U-E-E-N and go comment on all the cute shit and tell them I sent you. So today I am super excited to have this human across from me because I think their voice and their story is so important. Will you introduce yourself and tell us your pronouns? Sure. Uh, My name is Izzy and my pronouns are they, them. Beautiful. Um, So I'll just kind of tell you a little bit about how the show goes and also so the listeners know. Um, So I want this to be about you. I'm just here because I am. (laughs) But this show is about you and how important your story is and for people to connect with you and to hear. And also for you to ask any questions that maybe you didn't have answered or you're like, this actually just came up as we were talking. Can you help me out a little bit? And I will answer to the best of my abilities. I promise you nothing but honesty. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I'm super excited for this. And I will ask you, I have the same first question for everyone. Why is your story and perspective so important? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think it's really important that people be able to hear the stories of, of, of people who have different experiences than they do. Or maybe it's that we have a similar experience and you're just looking for a resource or to know that you're not alone out there. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your partner? Um, So my partner, her name is Tori. Hey, Tori. Yeah. Um, She is currently in Ohio. She goes to the Methodist Theological School of Ohio. It's a little bit of a mouthful. Um, She studies uh, sexual ethics there. Dope. Yeah. So she's pretty neat. Um, She is a black queer woman. Sounds like a queen. Yes, she is. I'm so into it. Um, And we've been together, I think, 
I don't want to say nine years. That's not really fair. We did have some years apart, but we have been either friends or in a relationship since we were young. Yeah. Yeah. We met, I think, when we were 12 or 13 years old. Oh, wow. So that's deep. I love it. Yeah. I love love. So I'm like, Ooh, that's so cute. I want a movie about it. Um, so you're here cause your partner is a survivor. I am. Um, did this happen while you were together? Um, it did not. Um, most of, of the trauma that she has experienced happened either uh, before we met or during a period of time where we weren't speaking or or really aware of each other um Mm -hmm. even though we are at the same high school gotcha did you know like anything about sexual assault and sexual trauma before she was like hey all these things have happened to me I don't think I understood exactly what that looked like Mm -hmm. years down the road or or what it looked like to be in a relationship with somebody no um I was a paramedic for about four years cool so the education that I had on it was purely clinical yeah, and, and, you know, treating victims and everything. But that's such a short term thing. I, I really had no idea what it's, it looks like for somebody to be a survivor multiple years down the road. Yeah. So how do you think being a paramedic, like having like the clinical and then being like, I'm here, like, how do you think that's transposed for you? Um, I honestly, I try to turn the clinical off. Yeah. Um, well, because I, I I love her and we're in a relationship, you know, it's the the clinical side of things is is exactly that. It's clinical. It's dry. It's you know, this is A, B, and C, and that just doesn't apply in our relationship. Um, so I I, I really do try to keep that part of my brain turned off. Yeah. So with going back and forth and like struggling and being like, okay, here's the thing. This is not how I want to do it. What have you found to be, because you said you struggle with that sometimes or separating it, like what have you found to be hard in your relationship because they are a survivor? I think it's just hard to know that somebody that you love and care about has been hurt. Yeah. Um, and, and especially in such a way that can affect so many different parts of your life. Um, and it's hard to watch somebody struggle with that sometimes. Um. Yeah, and I think I I do carry like a little bit of that of that guilt. Like we did go to the same high school. Like where was I, or or you know, could I have done something differently, or could I have been there to help at the time? So there's a little bit of guilt about that. But um, yeah, I think it's just it's hard to to know that somebody you care about's been hurt. Yeah, like that. Has there been like any parts of you that have grown, or like have you learned new things? Oh, I mean, I'm constantly learning things from her all the time. Like what? Um, now I'm just nosy. What have gosh. you learned? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm constantly learning what it's like to walk around um, in the world as her. You know, we try to keep very open uh, lines of communi- communication going on. So, um, you know, I through her I learned you know what it what it was like for her growing up. Um, in the church in the South, um, cause we both come from North Carolina. Um, okay. what her experiences were with the church, what her experiences were, um, in, in the community that she was growing up in to the trauma that she suffered as a kid. And then later on as a, as a teenager, um, I'm learning new ways to listen. Mm, she about listening. I love listening. Um, 
And I think I learn a lot of ways to better ways to interact with the people around me. Yeah. Um, I apply those listening skills that she's given me to, to everyone yeah. you know, now. Is there, has there been anything that you, I know you said before you were like, sometimes I wish I could go back. Do you, do you have these feelings often? I wouldn't say often, but it is really hard. Um, I was a medic, right? So my instinct is to fix things. You know, you want to fix things and you want to make things better. And one of the things that she's actually said to me before is, you know, this is, this is one of those things that you can't, you mm-hmm. can't make better. Like, it's just going to be hard right now. You know, and we're just going to have to ride it through. Um, so I do. I do struggle with that. Do either of you, like, seek out any, like, supportive services? Like therapy or counseling? So we both have in the past. Currently, no. Um, just because of where we are financially, um, we're getting ready to get married so that's oh congratulations kind of changed things Aww. for us a little bit um but in the past yes we both have and we are both open to any sort of therapy that we might need to go into later on including couples if that's necessary yeah so it sounds like you understand like it's a continued process every day yeah so, so is what does that look like for you uh a lot of patience uh, but a lot of me being patient with myself, because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's one thing that um, people don't talk a lot about is is when you're a partner of a survivor and, you know, you're kind of going through this step by step. Obviously, you know, this is her trauma and everything else like that. But because I love her so much, you know, I I do have to be patient with myself and give myself a little bit of grace, too. Yeah, um, it's a process. Whatever today is like, we'll deal with it today and go on to tomorrow and keep going and and just keep keep working and love her every day. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's definitely a process. And I think you hit it right on the head. You're like, every day is different. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, here we go. And I think that's so amazing that you're able to recognize that. Um, And in the beginning, I, I meant to bring this up before you introduce yourself as they them. What does that mean for you? Um, Being non-binary is kind of, I mean, I think it's great personally. Um, I love it. (laughs) I don't have to do it. Right. I don't have to, you know, conform to this weird social standard of, of, of gender. Um, Sometimes it's hard to find representation. Sometimes it's hard to find other relationships that look like ours. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that we talk about a lot. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, just being non-binary is just who I am. I don't. Yeah. Do you think it's played any ways within finding like more support, like finding someone that gets both of you? Not yet, honestly. Okay. Yeah, that's something that we're still um, struggling with. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, we both grew up in North Carolina, right? So, uh, and we that's, grew up in a rural part of North Carolina. That's deep. Yes, <laughs> deep in the South, in in the church, both of us. Um, and so, you know, we didn't have a lot of resources out there. Neither one of us, um, either growing up or or now later that we're together. Um, hopefully, it'll get easier um, now that I'm I'm out here in Southern California. There seem to be more resources, but growing up, I mean, there just weren't people that looked like me or people that were that looked like her you know she didn't have any 
great examples of what it looked like to be an older queer woman out there in the South, in the black community, Yeah, what that looked like. And I didn't have any examples of other non-binary people. Yeah. Um, I have, I know three other people out there that are non-binary. Yeah. And that's how small the community is. So do you find any support within those three people at least? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think social media can be good for that as well. Um, you can kind of look around and, and find other people like you that aren't in the same town as you, but the, the three friends that I have out there are, they're great. I love them to death. They've been, uh, really instrumental in not just supporting me, but also, um, Tori as well. So as you're all have been going through all of this and like trying to find resources, has that affected like anything financially for you both? Well, moving to California was definitely expensive. <laughs> so, yeah. and part of that, part of that was looking for, you know, a community and, and, and more resources, not just for me, but for us when we're married and, and wanting to start our family or, or do whatever. Um, so that was a huge financial hit. And then um, right now, I mean, we're not doing any sort of therapy because of finances. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, a one, two hit there. Yeah. Um, as trying to figure out how to support Tori, where have you been looking? I mean, I, I definitely do look around online and, um, I mean, I'm a huge podcast listener, so I'm always listening to podcasts and everything else like that, but truly my biggest resource is her, you know, just to listen to her and believe her and trust her. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's her experience. It's her body she knows the best, yeah. you know, as far as how I can support her and help her. That's, I mean, that's great. I think you're, do- you sound like you're doing it so great. Um, and what, what would you say like any healing would look like between your, for yourself? Like, I think it's important because we are talking about you. Like, what do you do for self-care? Like, how are you maintaining yourself to be this magical partner who I'm looking at? I would not call me magical by any means. Word. <laughs> I, I make, don't know. I make so many mistakes all the time, but um, that's okay. I don't know anyone that's perfect. I'd say perfect, but <laughs> magical. <laughs> um, a lot of my self care just looks like I'll take time to myself in the studio and sit down and write music or run through songs. That kind of help turns helps turn my brain off. Um, going for walks in the park with my dog I do have a service dog as well and so he's kind of like my miniature like support system (laughs) yeah um that's helpful keeps me on a routine um yeah I mean again just just trying to be like patient with my with myself and forgiving of of myself when I do mess up or make mistakes and and take that time in the studio or in the park or wherever just to give myself a break I think that's so important to be able to, because we can't pour from empty cups. Right. And if you're just like burned out, you'd be like, I just, no. So I'm glad that you figured out like something to like help you stay afloat. If you could um, give a little like head nod or like a few words of like support for other partners, what would you say? I would say don't give up on anything. Um a lot of people tend to think that, you know, this is going to be the end of not just, you know, happiness in their relationship, but also like intimacy or, 
other parts of it. And, you know, the, the trauma that happens in the aftermath is just the beginning. Like it takes time for healing and recovery. Don't give up on those things. Mm -hmm. Find new ways to hold your partner or, you know, do things that make them feel good. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, and just a lot of love, a lot of love every day. You say a lot of love. You've said that a lot. Like, what does that mean? I, th- I think people's definition of what love looks like varies. Mm-hmm. But uh, for us, and what I mean by that is just doing things or I guess doing things that show your care for somebody. And that can be so small, right? It can be, you know, making them dinner or talking or just sitting in the same room. <laughs> that's that's a lot of what our, our love looks like, um, showing care and yeah and showing up and being there and listening do you find it a little bit harder because you are distant um it can be yeah it can be hard in those um in like moments where maybe we have to take a step back from whatever we're doing because you know things have gotten hard or triggering or or something like that it can be hard because I'm not there to you know physically be with her you know a lot of times she's by herself and that can make it really hard because I can't, you know, put an arm around her or put my hand on her knee and, you know, tell her I love her and and things like that in person. That's hard. Um, you mentioned before of like how you think like, I wish I could have been there. Do you find you still have like that, that's that protection that like takes over and you're like, I just want to hold you and we can figure it out together. Yes. And actually that's something that I say a lot is like, we'll figure it out. And sometimes it does drive her nuts. <laughs> um, absolutely. I don't know if I will ever let go of like that instinct of like, I want to be there and fix things and protect you yeah. and care for you. I, I, I do that all the time. And I really am trying to work on that because uh, sometimes it's not my place or sometimes she needs to work stuff out on her own and I just need to step back still learning to do that I think that's so important that you're able to even be like okay 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 you got this you got this I mean everybody has their own traumas and of course being a a paramedic I worked inner city and um you know it's sometimes I have to be careful not to project my trauma onto her definition time y'all projection Projection is a psychological defense mechanism in which individuals attribute characteristics they find unacceptable in themselves to another person. For example, a husband who has a hostile nature might attribute this hostility to his wife and say she has an anger management problem. Sometimes I have to be careful not to project my trauma onto her. Mm. And you hear about it all the time, especially with like first responders. Oh, they had a kid the same age or they had this or that. And they can kind of project their loved one onto that victim or that patient. Um, and and now now that I'm out of EMS and no longer wear a uniform of any kind, thank goodness. Um, I kind of do the opposite sometimes or I have a tendency to do that. You know, I would associate, you know, if, if she's telling me about stuff, I might associate um, what she's telling me with a patient that I had, um, and then project that chaos is the best word I have for it onto, onto her and apply it to her. And then, and then it just, that can spiral out of control because then you're seeing the person that you love in this position Mm -hmm. and you remember how you felt when this was going on. And 
Oh, that can be a mess. <laughs> uh, how do you reel that back in? By being conscious of it. Okay. It's definitely a conscious effort. I have to recognize when I'm doing it. So. Trial and error. You got it. It is. <laughs> I think I think it's really important, and I'm so glad you were able to come today and share this story because I think one of the first things you mentioned was like representation. Right. And for me, I think it's so important that representation matters um, because there's not a lot of people doing the things that look like us. Right. And I want people to be like, oh, shit, I want to listen to Izzy's again (laughs) because this made sense to me. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. If you have someone in your life that has experienced assault and you're looking to be a good ally, you're in luck. I have a list of things you should be doing and things you shouldn't be doing. Do not demand to know the details of what happened. Do not force your opinions on them and or your views. Do not question why they have not moved on from this yet. Do not make this about you. Do not out them. All survivors are not public. Do not quote things you've seen off movies because it's not helpful. Do not question the survivor. Do not give unwanted advice, explanations, or safety tips. But you're in luck. There is a list that I have of things you should be doing. Do be open to listening. Do be aware of your implicit biases. Do only what is asked of you, not what you think should be done. Do know and understand that someone is entrusting you with this. Do believe them. And I will say this one more time. Do believe them. Do help them find resources, whatever that means. Do try and support them to do things that help them to feel like them. Do speak up and support survivors when they're not around. Do remind them that this is not their fault by any means. Do be patient. Do educate yourself about sexual and intimate partner violence and begin to understand the impact that this has on the individual, relationship, community, and societal levels. If you're trying to support survivors of sexual assault, you better learn how to support survivors of sexual assault. One resource that I'm going to suggest every episode is to find a personal therapist. Cognitive therapies have been proven to be the leading, most effective treatment for PTSD, anxiety, and childhood traumas. I always recommend first seeking an in-person therapist, especially for crisis situations. But online therapy is also a fantastic option. Our sponsors at Pride Counseling connect you with a counselor within 24 hours. And the best thing about Pride Counseling, I know a lot of us struggle with trying to find someone that gets us. A lot of them are able to work with LGBTQI plus folks, and that's amazing. And also, you don't have to be in the community to also get some support, y'all. You're able to be connected with a therapist within 24 hours. You can filter through to find a therapist that feels good to you. And if it's not a good match, they're able to re-support you with a new person within 24 hours. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do in-person messaging, and it's all available for desktop or mobile. So go to pridecounseling.com queen to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week, y'all. 
And as promised, here are three resources for you. The first one's going to be nomore.org. No More is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault by increasing awareness, inspiring action, and fueling cultural change. The second resource is a great book called Queering Sexual Violence, Radical Voices from Within the Anti-Violence Movement by Jennifer Patterson. This is a collection of racially diverse voices across the gender spectrum from within the anti-violence movement. The book moves beyond dominant narratives of sexual violence and spotlights 37 deserving stories of trauma, activism, and empowerment. And the third resource is the Queer and Transgender Resilience Workbook, Skills for Navigating Sexual Orientation and Gender Expression by Annalise Singh. This workbook offers advice and exercises for the LGBTQI reader to work through the trauma of discrimination, violence and sexual violence, loss, family rejection, and more. Finding healing, resilience, and confidence within themselves. And as always, I have to give a shout out to the people that make this podcast what it is. And we can all be found on Instagram. Podcast artwork by Zoe Loves, Z-O. I-E-L-O-V-E-S, engineered and edited by Andy Alseri, A-N-D-Y-A-L-S-E-R-I, produced by Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G, and me, I'm your host, Jimanika, J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A.